Moncrief on News Talk. Blatantly thrusting out his opposable uh, films, Jonathan DeBerka Butler joins us in the studio uh, once again to bring us stories from other parts of the world. After How you doing, Jonathan? Sean? Uh, right, we're going to go to uh, uh, China first, and it's it, it is so interesting that you know uh, oftentimes you bring us in stories where very similar things are happening in this part of the world as well, and this is about. Uh, uh, a child being mauled by a dog. Yeah, this was a child, a uh, two-year-old toddler, a little girl, uh, went out for a walk, left her apartment with her mother on the 16th of October in a place called Chengdu in Sichuan, in the centre of the country there, and um, was approached by a Rottweiler. The dog was off the leash. The mother tried to put herself in between. The, it was a threatening situation. She read it, tried to put herself in between the dog and the child, but the dog got around the back of the mother grabbed the child and attacked it. And at the end of it all, um, you know, two men came along with sticks and the, and the dog ran away, but the child ended up going to hop- hospital with a ruptured kidney, fractured ribs and bite marks on various parts of her body, as you can right. as you can understand. And uh, she's fine now, I think, uh, or at least she's out of intensive care, but it did cause a storm in Korea, or in China, sorry, and, you know, spread right across social media. And as a result of it, uh, two things happened, really. Local governments across China started launching crackdowns against dogs and particularly against strays. Now, I should mm. emphasize that this particular dog was not a stray, OK? Yeah. He was owned by yeah. someone and was off his leash uh, and was, was, was therefore able to attack the child. But anyway, um, various different uh, counties and, and uh, various different parts of the country have, have cracked down on, on strays. Um, one county in Sichuan, for example, is saying that any dog found unattended in a public place would be considered a stray and would be taken away and ended, uh, mm. for want of a better way of putting it. Um, and they do have a problem with strays in the country. There's about 40 million stray dogs in China. Uh, that is a lot. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. And it's part of the reason that China has a very high ranking when it comes to death by rabies, right? So in 2019, it was fifth in the world when it came to death uh, from rabies. And that was 276 cases. Imagine that, 276 mm. people dying from from. Uh, from rabies. Now it's come down quite considerably in 2021. It was 150. Um, so they're dealing with that. But uh, as I said, um, people as well as local governments are taking the law into their own hands. So dogs are being mistreated across the country. And of course, that is beginning to be seen on social media as well mm. and being commented on. So um, quite okay. a bit of conflict going on. Around yeah. That. Uh, right. Uh, the uh, I suppose another animal rated mm. story, this one's in Italy, uh, about an invasive wasp. Yes, so we've heard about bed bugs in Paris and in the past we've spoken, I think, about boars invading Rome and uh, wild boar and seagulls. uh, And that's an awful lot to do with the problems that they have there in Rome and various parts of Italy around rubbish. And this is something similar. So this is called the Oriental Hornet or to give it its Latin name, the Vespa Orientalis. Uh, And it is... So the wasps we have here is, and I'm absolutely open to correction on this, but I think the ones we have here are called paper wasps and they're about two centimetres long, 2.5 centimetres long. Okay. These fellas are about five centimetres long, if not oh a bit bigger, God. right? Oh my God, yeah. So they are big, okay? And mm. they're slightly uh, different colours, right? So they have brown rather than black 
and they're brown and yellow rather than black and yellow. And as far as I know, paper wasps, the ones we have here, sting you once and then that's the end of it. But these yeah. fellows can sting you multiple times and they're extremely sore. In fact, in one particular incident recently in Camp, near Campo di Fiori, a man was sitting out on his terrace waiting to start his dinner and he was stung on the foot and he has been on crutches uh, for a number of days since that because of the pain. Uh, he had to go to the emergency department. Now, more tragically, a window cleaner in his 50s fell off his ladder last week and died after being stunned by a swarm of these wasps. Uh, and there's all sorts of uh, reports uh, coming into the uh, civil protection authorities there about nests being found. And they're quite worried about it. They're so worried, indeed, that they've activated a free phone number for citizens to phone in and let them know. And they're, mm-hmm. you know, deploying people who look after this kind of stuff as quickly as they can uh, to deal with the situation. Yeah, and, and and where have these wasps, where did they originally come from if they're so, an invasive species? Yeah, so they they have been here before, apparently. So they were first spotted in, in an, so about five kilometres outside the centre the historic centre of Rome in Monte Verde back in 2021, right? But they generally hang around warmer climates so North Africa and Southern Europe. So they, mm. you could argue Rome is Southern Europe, but they yeah, would say yeah, that it's course. not as Southern, you know? Yeah. But um, they hadn't been seen in Rome since the 1950s and then they came back into Monte Verde in 2021 and they've gradually migrated towards the centre of the city. An awful lot to do with, you know, what people will argue climate change yeah, and all that sure, kind of even yeah. in our own country you're yeah. still seeing wasps and it's November tomorrow yeah, around absolutely. the place uh, n- not something that I remember seeing before to be honest yeah. um, so climate change and also the problems that they have with rubbish uh, are being blamed for, for this uh, increase in this particular wasp uh, Right, Qatar we're going to go to next and uh, something I imagine might uh, seriously uh, influence relations between Qatar and India they've, they've sentenced people to death Yes they have uh, the, the authorities in Qatar have handed the death sentence to eight former Navy officers uh, who come from India. Now, these former officers, they're not involved, obviously, with the Indian Navy anymore, but they do have connections there. They were working for a private company there on a submarine project, I believe. So I imagine they must have been engineers of some sort rather than being on the ships and sailing sailing the seas or whatever. Um, But they were working on this submarine project for this private company that was for the Qatari authorities, okay, okay, ultimately. And last August they were arrested and it appears, although nobody is saying for sure, that is the Qataris or the Indians, but it appears that they have been arrested for spying for Israel. And espionage in Qatar carries a death sentence and that is why these eight former uh, Indian naval officers have been sentenced to death. Um, obviously the Indians are a bit upset about this mm-hmm. and given the fact that There are only two and a half million people living in Qatar and about 700,000 of those are Indians. Yes. Uh, They would want to tread, they would probably need to tread quite carefully here Mm. in how they deal with this. So um, I don't think they're going to be executed. I'm going to say that now, right? Because they have an appeal uh, option to them. Uh, And also, I just think that it's too fraught, uh, to be honest with them, for to go ahead with that. Also, the fact that there hasn't been that many executions in in Qatar uh, in recent years. I think the last was in it was in 2020. And then the one last one before that was 17 years previously. So they don't use it as much as, let's say, other countries in the region. And what's Um, their favourite method of execution when they have carried? Firing squad in Qatar. Okay, lovely. And and d- does Qatar sell oil to India? And, a lot. And, and and given that there are already within India 
uh, um, tensions there, uh, you know, uh, um, is, is that must be having an effect on relations with Qatar as well. Yeah, so the tensions that you refer to are because of um, a statement that was made by some members of the BJP party in June of last year around Islam. They mm. weren't happy about it. And in fact, they um, called in the, the Indian ambassador about that. The other side of it as well is that uh, economic, the economic ties, right? So um, Qatar exports about uh, $15 billion worth of stuff from Qatar to mm. India. And $14 billion worth of that is oil. India exports quite a bit to Qatar as well, it should be said, at various different uh, various different goods. So there is a strong relationship there between them economically and in terms of MOUs and training partnerships around naval activities as well. So I, I think this will end up being smoothed over at the end of the day. Mm. And certainly for these eight fellas, I, I would hope it does. Uh, and the, the, the claim that they were spying for Israel, mm. uh, where did that come from? Reuters. Okay. And that's all I know, uh, yeah, because right, the Indians okay. and uh, the, neither governments are saying anything about yeah, it. Yeah, and presumably the Israelis wouldn't, even if it were true, the Israelis wouldn't. I, uh, don't, I don't think uh, they'd get involved. I assume a uh, fess up to it either. Uh, right, uh, and uh, uh, Haiti, we're going to go to next, where a Colombian soldier has been sent into, uh, uh, to prison for doing what? Yeah, so you remember back in 2021, the president then, uh, Jovenel Moise, was assassinated in mm. his own home. So this was part of a massive plot that... For a very long time, investigators couldn't get a handle on at all, partly to do with the, mainly to do with the fact that Haiti is a absolute basket case at the yes, moment, and course, there is yeah. effectively no government there. Um, so this particular individual, a man by the name of Germain Rivera, he's a 45-year-old former Colombian army officer, was involved in the conspiracy to kill the president. All okay. right, back in 2021. Now he was actually extradited from Haiti to the United States earlier this year and just uh, last week he was sentenced to life in prison. So he's the second of 11 people or 11 suspect who's, who, suspects who've been detained and charged in Miami to be sentenced. Uh, and so he's, he's going to get life. But it looks like there's going to be a few more people um, who are going to go down for this one over the coming months as well. Yeah, but given he's Colombian... Was he being paid to do this or do we know what the circumstances so of his involvement are? We, we don't know for sure who the ringleaders of this particular conspiracy were. At the mm. moment, there is about between, somewhere between 50 and 60 people who have been arrested. About 40 of them are in Haiti. There's nothing happening there. And 11 of them are in Miami mm. because we know that the co-conspirators were based in Miami. Right, okay. And so they're able to prosecute them through that country. So mm. it's it's been a mess. So another guy who's a senator, a former senator, John Joel Joseph, he was arrested in Jamaica in March and was sent to the United States to be to be processed um, or to go on trial mm. because they're keeping them away from Haiti as much as they possibly can in order to get justice because... There's people who are connected to it that are dropping dead and, uh, you know, are being poisoned, this, that and the other. Right. Uh, And uh, is there, I mean, you did refer like Haiti's in a chaotic state at the moment. There was talk of sending in some sort of UN force. From the Kenyans. Yeah, the Kenyans were going to send their police force over. Um, That hasn't happened yet. But there is a commitment from them uh, to 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 do that. It's going to be it's going to be head, headed up by them. Yeah, right. Wales. We're going to go to uh, next, and uh, a few tips, listeners, of what not to bring down to your local charity shop. Yeah, this is a charity shop, Bernardo's Branch in Gorsinon, uh in Swansea, um, has been receiving X-rated donations lately uh, in sex toys. Okay. Um, I don't know if it came from the same donor. 
or yeah. whether it's been several donors who've decided maybe they know each other and said, oh, they'll take those. Um, but they've been left these sex toys and uh, they've had to issue a, a statement basically saying that they always hugely appreciate the donations from the community. But it's fair to say that these items aren't quite the sort of toys we're looking for. Um, so they've asked people to bear in mind that it is a children's charity. Many of its volunteers mm, yes. have, uh, are, you know, have various different age, age mm. ranges. Uh, and so they ask uh, donors to bear that in mind and uh, maybe not leave sex toys there anymore. OK. You'd also wonder what stage people re- reach in their lives where they say, actually, we don't need this anymore. Let's just bring it up to Bernardo's. Right, so what should we uh, look out for over the next week or so, Jonathan? Yeah, a few things to look out for. Uh, Charles and Camilla are in Kenya uh, starting this uh, today uh, and they're there until Friday. Okay. And they're coming up against a few protests. So you, you, you might have heard of the Mau Mau, who mm. were the freedom fighters from 1952 to 1960 um, for Kenya there. And they... Over the years, they haven't been happy with the way they were treated during that particular conflict. Uh, they got compensation back in 2013, I think, to the tune of about 20 million, but they believe it's not enough. Um, so they are protesting Prince Charles, uh, his, his his arrival and his visit there. So that's something to watch out for. Okay. And that'll, that'll be covered. Then tomorrow, the deadline for unauthorised Afghans who are living in Pakistan to leave uh, arrives. So there's about four and a half million Afghans living in Pakistan and 1.7 million of those don't have the correct documentation. Mm. So they're being asked to leave uh, tomorrow. Um, <laughs> well, so that could be pretty chaotic. That's a good luck with that day. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I thought, the logistics yeah. around that could be uh, quite difficult. And then on Friday, the court hearing uh, for a man accused of the Hollow Willoughby kidnap plot is going to be uh, all over the news, no mm. doubt. And then the day after that, or two days after that, indeed, November the 5th, would you believe it, we're one year away from the US presidential elections. Here we go again. Jonathan, thanks a million. Thanks, As John. ever, Jonathan DeBarca Butler, there you are listening to the Moncrief Show on News Talk. Moncrief, weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.